0: Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again.
1: You hear, you made it to us. You love romantic comedies, which is great news. We do as well.
0: So this is a show where we re-watch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you. Maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up?
1: Today we have Home Alone. Home Alone. And wherever you're listening to us, please throw us a follow. Give us a little Christmas gift of a, of a follow on Instagram. At RomCom Rewind. That would be great. And if you have anything you ever want to talk about uh, regarding the pod, uh, those conversations kind of happen on our Instagram account.
0: We have a message from Jen. She says, hey there, I'm a new listener and I'm just starting to listen to some of your back catalog. The geese story that was told in The Fault in our Stars episode killed me. I'm also Canadian, Ontario, and also had a huge geese problem at my university campus. <laughs> the geese are a real thing. <laughs> I felt very seen. Love the podcast and look forward to continuing to listen.
1: Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being being a new member on the pod. It's so funny that like we've been doing this for a while, but we still... We have people who have been you know, OGs on the RCR Mm -hmm, fam that we love you guys. We also love new people finding us for the first time, however you found us. That was great. We're glad you're here. We love that, too. This is uh, not really
0: a rom-com. This is not a rom-com at all.
1: We'll explain momentarily. But (laughs) Home Alone is a 1990 Christmas comedy directed by Chris Columbus and written and produced by the great John Hughes. This is the story of Kevin McAllister, played by Macaulay Culkin. Kevin is the youngest son of the McAllister family. We meet Kevin during a wildly chaotic time when his and his uncle's family, they're prepping for a trip to Paris the following day. And after an outburst by Kevin, he is sent to the attic to sleep the night. The following morning, though, both families forget about Kevin as they travel to the airport and they leave Kevin at home as, as they leave. They're in Paris and he's he's at home alone. Hence, Kevin McAllister is home alone. This uh, story also stars uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern as the wet bandits. Catherine O'Hara and John Hurd are Kevin's parents. Um, There is just a massive full cast that we will get to, but first, what are your thoughts? When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation...
0: Did we miss the (laughs) flight? No, you just made it.
1: They forgot one small thing. Have yourself. I have a terrible feeling. Christmas. Did you lock up? Let yeah. yourself be Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. From what else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home Alone.
0: I mean, this is definitely, as, as actually one of our listeners pointed out, the furthest from a rom-com yet.
1: So... T- It is on our list this year because, because one, (laughs) Macaulay Culkin was just honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We also asked you the question on our socials for, you know, if you wanted to get rid of one iconic holiday movie, Mm -hmm. what would you get rid of? There were a lot of elves. Lots of elves. I'm surprised. I thought Elf would be the runaway favorite,
0: which interestingly enough has a rom com
1: aspect to it. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> easy. We'll we post al- this. We almost did it, <laughs> and we'll do Elf. <laughs> and then a lot of you were like, "Well, oh, I don't like Elf." <laughs> the Santa Claus was also on there. How the
0: Santa Claus and how
1: the Grinch stole Christmas, mm-hmm. the Jim Carrey version. Yep. So the the fewest amount of you disliked Home Alone, if that makes Correct. sense. So that's what we're doing. That that's why we're here. I guess there is a family love aspect in it. To this
0: movie. And I think families love this movie and people love this movie and they watch it every Christmas. There you go. Or holiday season, right? So for them, maybe there's love for the movie. And we have
1: made slight departures from the rom-com field in the past. Every now and then. This might be the furthest, but we still assume you, you might be watching this over the holidays. This is one of those movies that I will watch every year. Yeah. If I have the
0: opportunity. I, I agree. If it's on TV, if we're, we're scrolling through the uh, the guide and it's on, I'm like, oh, I love this one. Disney or, Plus, by the way, is where uh, you can watch I was going to say, or streaming service, <laughs> Disney Plus. They have a whole Home Alone collection that you can like look at all of them. There was one actually recently released in 2021.
1: Yeah. Um, Interesting reviews on that one Haven't, re- haven't watched that Although one. there is a unique fact towards that one That we'll oh. get to at a certain point Okay, but.
0: yeah um, All to say, this movie is beyond classic It um, stands the test of time, I think I completely In agree In a crazy way It brings you back to, like, pranking siblings Or, you know, just And I love that he just defends his house And, take <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not gonna call the cops no, I'm, no. g- I'm going to defend my house with like crazy G.I. Joe characters on the floor and ornaments on the floor and irons getting hit in the head. BB guns, cans, BB guns, flammable
1: gases. Absolutely.
0: Flame- <laughs> let's let's. How did he know this? He didn't have Google. How did he know how to make a homemade flamethrower? Great question. Because I wouldn't.
1: Yeah, well, uh you remember Axe Body Spray? Yeah. I definitely burned myself and my friends oh. with that, so I think that's what, but if you don't have it, in, I don't know, any aerosol can. I don't actually that's know, true. though. You're right. I don't know how.
0: He did a great job, and that is probably my favorite part of the entire movie. Is
1: that your favorite part?
0: I love, yeah, I love the pranking. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. What are your thoughts on the movie?
1: Oh, my My thoughts are the same. Like I said, I could watch this every holiday see there are certain movies that it's like it doesn't feel like christmas until mm-hmm. i've watched x y or z and you listening you might have that for yourself for me it's either the jim carrey how i have the grinch stole christmas or it's home alone one or home alone two those are kind of my three i need to watch one of them um and you're right it in every way imaginable, imaginable this is like the perfect holiday comedy it, it has love, it has family, it has hilarity, it has ridiculousness. But, like, well done, ridiculousness. You can watch this in 2023, and it still holds up. It still stands the test of time. Right. If you watched it in 1990, you'd be like, this is, this is a <laughs> this masterpiece. Is hilarious. It was then, and it is still now. <laughs> and especially in the early 90s, there are some movies that really don't age well. This one ages perfectly, I think.
0: And I mean... I, the one thing I'm like, oh man, they're all so mean to Kevin.
1: Yeah, off the top, totally. But, they are. But they and, redeem themselves. Well, but it really makes you immediately, it galvanizes you to be like, I'm on Kevin's side. Totally. He's being mistreated. Everybody's against Kevin. Yeah. And he's the hero of the story in the first 10 minutes. And I love that.
0: It's so true because when he's left behind, you even have more empathy for him. You're like, oh man, okay, we got to make sure nothing happens to him.
1: Totally. You empathize with him immediately. Absolutely. They do such a great job of putting you immediately on his side. Even though he's a little bit of a stinker sometimes, <laughs> you still- <laughs> A little you're, stinker. yeah, A little stinker. You're still <laughs> like, no, but Kevin Kevin McAllister is my guy. Mm. And and he carries that through the film with all of his precocious little moments. You know, he I think he's the original precocious- Rom-com child, not rom-com child, but you know how like in a lot of movies, especially the Hallmark ones, there's that child who's just so uh, zany and interesting. Yeah, It it all started with Macaulay Culkin (laughs) in this film, I think, but let's dive in.
0: So the movie starts off with the whole family packing, and it's absolute chaos. Everybody's running around, yelling, talking, talking to one another, talking to themselves, trying to pack. There's a police officer there trying to talk to everyone to find out what's going on and where they're going, but everyone in the house ignores him.
1: Pardon me, are your parents home? Yeah, but they don't live here. Tracy, did you order the pizza? did. Excuse me, miss. Are your parents here? My parents live in Paris, sorry. Hi. Hi. Are your parents home? Yeah. Do they live here? No. No. Why should they? All kids. No parents. Probably a fancy orphanage.
0: Kevin has to pack his own suitcase but never has before, and he doesn't know how, and no one will help him. We do meet the old neighbor, old old man Marley, who Kevin's brother Buzz says is a recluse, supposedly murdered his whole family. And of course, (laughs) Kevin is immediately scared and terrified of this old man who's just honestly shoveling his driveway and salting it, making sure nobody slips. Well, the chaos is continuing. The pizza arrives and Buzz eats Kevin's pizza, but Kevin gets pissed and tries to tackle him, knocking over all of the milk that was on the the, um, the cabinet all over the passports with one of passport, being thrown out accidentally. Now, I think it's actually a plane ticket, not a passport, but I swear I saw a passport. Sarah's convinced
1: that that was a passport.
0: Kevin, after this eruption in the kitchen, is sent upstairs and everyone treats him absolutely terribly. They say he's such a stinker. You have to go upstairs. Like, go away. Kevin's mom, Kate, brings Kevin upstairs, but before that, she pays the pizza guy and then talks to the police officer who is still standing there. She tells him that they're heading to Paris for Christmas and that
1: Having a reunion or something? Oh, no, my husband's has transferred to Paris last summer and both of his kids are still going to school here and I guess he missed the whole family. He's giving us all this trip to Paris for the holiday so we can be together. You're taking a trip to Paris? Yes, we hope to leave tomorrow morning. Excellent.
0: Kevin is sent upstairs in the attic. Before he goes up there, he says to his mother he wishes to never see her or the family again and that he wishes that they
1: disappeared. So in these first couple scenes, we get just a whole lot of chaos, a whole lot of kids. And you remember, it's it's the dad and his brother's family. So it's the right. two McAllister families that are there. But mm-hmm. we get hit with all these kids, all these siblings or cousins of Kevin's. So many. And it's funny, re-watching this movie, I was kind of like, you know, most of these faces are unfamiliar to me, except for a few. There are a few that I did recognize as like, I think that person did something else. So I wanted to ask the question, who was the most successful other random McAllister kid from this movie. And I do have the Great tale of the question. tape for you. Great question. Yeah. So I can rapid fire this if you want.
0: Perfect. I love it. I can't wait. Um, Buzz. Yeah. We all
1: remember Buzz from this we movie. We do. We um, do. He's Kevin's, the bully. That's right. Devin uh, Rattray played by, uh, playing Kevin's brother. He, I mean, he was in a lot of stuff. He was in Dennis the Menace, oh, yeah. Strong Island Boys, Breaking Points, Um, He also has a very interesting, unfortunate story where he was issued a ticket for assault and battery for an alleged altercation that happened. And there are a few stories like that in in Buzz's life. Mm. Um, But he also was on Chicago Med and The Tick. And he, he seemingly has had a very successful acting career. In fact, he I don't know if this is in your quick facts or not. He is the only actor who is in Home Alone 1. Home Alone 2, and in the newest Home Alone movie that just came out. Oh, I did he was not also in that. know that he's the only one who who has that honor.
0: Interesting.
1: Then we have Hillary Wolf, Megan, Kevin's sister.
0: Yeah, I do have a uh, a, a quick potential quick fact in there for for her. Well, time. I might have the same quick okay, fact. Okay. She
1: did continue acting for a few years after mm-hmm. Home Alone, of course, reprising her role in Home Alone 2. Right. Fun fact, though, ladies and gentlemen, she was in the. Summer Olympics for judo. Yeah, She competed yeah. in ninety six and two thousand.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, know, I feel it's like wild. that's so random. It is it definitely she has a few passions.
1: She does. And then That's amazing. It's funny. A lot of these kids actually were like a little bit successful. Uh Angela Gothels, Linny, she's just one of the there are two mean ones. There's Jeff and Linny who just like there's a scene where they're like, mm, You're such oh, a parasite. Yes. Yeah. Uh you're that's all they really say in the movie. <laughs> Uh, but she was in Jerry Maguire, Changing Lanes. She was in Spanglish. Nothing oh. like really huge, but she was in The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, no way. And Lucy and Harris, the the novella series. Hmm. Michael C. Moroni, Morona, was Jeff. Um, the Adventures of Pete and Pete, What Alice Found, Men Without Jobs, High School Confidential. He also had like a lot of bit parts here, but he's still... He's still doing things like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Oh, so like, he
0: had a Marvel. The Netflix yeah. run of
1: series. He was the base camp generator operator on those. So I think like just like a side recurring part right. for those series. Interesting. That's kind of cool. Dude's still doing stuff. And then we have the cousins. And I, I think I'll rapid fire through these really quickly. Uh, Kristen Minter is Heather. She was pretty successful. Highlander. Uh, the series she was in an episode of Homeland an episode of a a number of things but most notably though between 95 and 03 she was on the show ER oh I loved ER Jedediah Cohen this one's the most fascinating Hmm. He stopped acting. He is Rod, Kevin's cousin. You recognize him as like, he looks a little bit like a nerd, like he's got frizzy black hair. Oh, okay. Um, he left the acting world and graduated Harvard with a degree in astronomy and astrophysics. Wow. He's now the COO and <laughs> co-founder of RocketHub.com. Wow. That's intense. It, it Now we're devolving into the strange territory. Okay. Uh, Diana Kempino, Sandra is another one of Kevin's cousins. She's now a musician, Wow. Back in 2019, she released an album, Queen of My Castle.
0: Okay. I'm feeling um, like I'm... Um, um, wow. Wow. Owen Wilson? <laughs> yeah. I'm well, yeah. wowing. Wow.
1: Sarah's the um, Owen Wilson of our story. Every time
0: here. you say something, I'm like, wow.
1: <laughs> and then, yeah, there are other a few others. Nobody really notable. Uh, Matthew Daugherty was in the Mighty Ducks trilogy, which is pretty cool. He's Stefan, one of Kevin's cousins. But then we have, yes. I think the only person who challenges Macaulay Culkin in terms of acting fame, like let's be real, the, the person who did judo at the Olympics probably wins this That's story. Cool. But Kieran Culkin, right, of course, is Fuller, yeah, Kevin's cousin who wets the bed. Mm-hmm. He was of course in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. She's all that. Most notably, he was actually, um, he he earned an Emmy and Golden Globe nomination back in 2020 for his role in succession as a uh, yes. Roman Roy.
0: I do remember that. Yeah.
1: So like, I, I think now he's kind of fizzled to the area where like maybe he's actually more successful than Macaulay Culkin in retrospect. It's maybe a toss up. They're kind of two different eras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can compare
0: them. It's tough. It's tough, but very cool that he had such a, a progression and a successful career. That's mm-hmm. amazing.
1: Very cool. I mean, let's be real. Um, Hillary Wolf, the Olympian, wins this list. And I actually made a mistake. She's not the one who miscounts. That's the older cousin. That's Heather, yeah. But she is one of the older sisters of Kevin, Kevin McAllister. Watch out for her. There's an Olympian in this movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> During the night, the electricity goes out and everyone wakes up late. Of course, because we don't have cell phones, that could doesn't don't need to be charged. And th- those are the alarms. God, They're imagine, actually still in the wall.
1: Imagine being in the world up. where like you, you have a, a clock alarm and that's your whole life.
0: That's insane.
1: That would freak me out. Why yeah. wasn't everybody paranoid in the nineties? That sounds horrible. <laughs> I would be paranoid all the time.
0: <laughs> Cause you wouldn't wake up on time. Yeah. Oh my but God. They didn't. They almost missed a flight. It's true. Yeah. So they have to rush to the airport and it's an absolute frenzy, but, no one goes up to the attic to fetch Kevin before leaving the cousin, Heather does a head count. And since the neighbor comes by for a visit to see what they're doing, she counts him as Kevin all the while he's still sleeping upstairs. They're running through the airport, which I think is hilarious. And it must've been such a funny like scene to film, but I do have some interesting, funny stories just like just two, um, of interesting things that have happened at the airport. Um, They go on to say, for me, I was headed back to my university after Thanksgiving break and my friend was coming in about an hour. I decided that I would grab lunch and wait for her plane to land so we could get a ride back to school together. After grabbing a sandwich, I headed over to where my friend would be exiting from. Just so um, it just so happened to be standing next to security. Her plane had finally landed. So I stood near the gate and when all of a sudden some woman dressed as a scarecrow enters the security line. Oh, no. I took out my phone to snap a pic, although it didn't really turn out and watched as she pulled out. Stuff and put it on the conveyor belt To be x-rayed Now Here's where it gets a bit more bizarre I had I had not noticed before But her carry-on Was a clear container Of about 20 pumpkins (laughs) Confused Okay I watch as they go through the x-ray, and when I look up again, the scarecrow lady is being questioned by security.
1: Naturally. Yeah, I would I would have a few questions. She
0: can't make it through the metal detector because she's covered in safety pins. Not only that, but she keeps repeating, I don't have ID. I don't have ID.
1: No. My
0: friend heads through the gate, and I get distracted and leave. But as we go, I see the woman dash through the x-ray machine, only to be met by about five TSA members.
1: What was happening here? <laughs> Why is this person (laughs) in a scarecrow? scarecrow? (laughs) With no ID.
0: No, you know what? What I get is why were there twenty pumpkins?
1: yeah like what I- i'm so interested where she was before this that she's like dressed as a scarecrow and she's like holy shit i'm gonna miss my flight i have- don't have time to change i gotta go to the airport dressed as a scarecrow yeah no id
0: that's what i'm gonna what? go with that she was just in a play yeah and had a shit, that's what i'm thinking and had to go to the airport Alice in wonderland Maybe yeah, i don't maybe. know Um, this, this next one, I once nearly missed a flight because I was sitting at the wrong gate. I was tired and didn't realize it until it was time. I heard last call for my flight and my name. And I started running like an MF through the airport.
1: How are you at the wrong? gate? Isn't that what every, okay. You listening, you've done this before. We've all done this. You get to the airport ahead of time. No matter where your gate is, (laughs) you always physically go to it. You check like three times. You just look. I just need to know that it exists. A32. You walk there, you see, there it is. And you make sure the flight. The correct name, the correct number, the correct airline. You're like, okay. And then you go and have a (laughs) beer somewhere completely different, but like you now know that it exists at minimum.
0: It's true. I do also have to say I read a ton of stories about how they were sitting in a restaurant drinking a beer and didn't make their flight because they drink too much. Like they forgot about the flight.
1: Fair enough. But I guarantee hundred percent of those people at least knew where their gate was. <laughs> That's a good point. And then lost track of time at the, <laughs> at the bar. But you're right. They call names of people like three times. Oh
0: my God. Like sometimes more. Oh, you know what? I just thought of when we were flying home from um, Europe one time, do you remember we sat on the tarmac in the, no, well not in, but we sat at the gate on the plane for. 45 minutes waiting for three guys to come on the plane. What? Yes. And we waited there and they totally did the walk of shame coming on because they had, were still drinking from the night before. Yeah. <laughs> And they forgot what time it was, and then they ended up having to get, like, they were a scarecrow lady, but just not dressed up. Oh my God,
1: that's mm-hmm. a! Am- I I have no recollection of this.
0: Yes, it was, uh, yeah, and you know what? they And I think why I remember it is because they sat, like, right behind us. And they and were, the, the, the airplane was packed. They were three missing seats. They were empty, and it was them.
1: So, in another life, I, I know exactly why you remember this story so well, Sarah, <laughs> is because in another world or another life, Sarah is a TSA agent. Okay. (laughs) She is, if you, any faux pas in an airport, Sarah will bring it up. She'll, if it's like we're boarding (laughs) zones one and two. And if a lot of people get up and don't get on the flights, they'll be like, look, that's a zone three person who tried to get on. No, no, no. I don't
0: understand why people wait. And we've discussed this on the (laughs) podcast before. It's a big bugaboo. And several of you reached out saying it was a bugaboo for you too. So you all like some of you agree with me.
1: So while we're talking about the flights for home alone, mm-hmm. I've got a question. How much do you think those flights actually cost? The tale of the tape, Chicago to Paris at Christmas, 11 coach tickets four first first class for the adults. It's nonstop round trip. We're led to believe that they'd never make a, uh, a transfer or anything. And it's on American Airlines. Not that that matters, but it's just we have the, the data up to even the airline.
0: Okay, I'm so how many tickets?
1: Uh 11 coach for first class.
0: Okay. I think 10 grand for the No, 5 grand for the first tickets altogether. Okay. And then for the 11 coach tickets, I think it's going to be I think that's 10 grand. So 15 grand.
1: 15 grand is yeah. what we're going with. Mm-hmm. $35,320 is the estimate for that In trip. In
0: 1990? Or are we talking t- like 1990,
1: now? yeah. Holy mackerel. Dude, it's Christmas time. That's a round trip. Yeah, I forgot about Christmas. From I Chicago to Paris Christmas. and back. I think I think you undervalued the four first class.
0: I think I did. Four first I was class gonna is say wild. 10. Actually, I
1: think you undervalued both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I would have probably said 20, so I still would have undervalued
1: it. You know what? While we're talking numbers, too, really quickly, I can fire this out as well. Yeah, How much do, do you it. think uh, the Home Alone house is worth today? One, no, no. million. 2.1 is a very good guess. Okay. You're right in the middle, actually, Sarah, because Zillow (laughs) estimates that today that property is valued at about 2.3 million. Oh. But, and it's on Lincoln Lincoln Avenue, by the way, like they know kind of, you know, the uh, realtor.com, however, estimates it at 1.94 million. Interesting. So, I mean, it's a disgustingly large house. It's a
0: beautiful house. I wouldn't use the word disgusting for that house.
1: I think it's disgusting just we're we're millennials. We <laughs> look at would, stuff like that, we're like they probably paid like twenty cents <laughs> and a, a candy wrapper for it back in whenever there? they bought it. Would you live there? I would, but it's worth Same. it's so Same. unaffordable now. How much right. how much did Kevin McAllister's dad pay for it back in the day? Oh, probably like four hundred thousand. Exactly. They're, That's just like
0: Stab in the dark.
1: Welcome to 2023, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now it's 1.9 freaking million dollars. That's amazing!
0: Wow. So they make their flight just in time, but no one noticed, notices that Kevin isn't there yet. Back at the house, Kevin realizes that um, he has made his family disappear. This is <laughs> That's what, what he thinks, thinks. Yeah. That everybody would normally still be there, but that they're not. So. He doesn't think like he doesn't realize that they've all left him. He's pumped that he's made them all disappear. Starts doing all the things he's normally not supposed to do on the plane. The moment, uh, the, like the moment feels off and Kate kind of acknowledges it. And she's like, something, something's wrong. I'm forgetting something. They run through it. And then she remembers, oh my God, we forgot
1: Kevin. And there's actually a few breadcrumbs that I think you're going to talk about in quick facts that lead to.
0: Yeah. Maybe you know, some foreshadowing
1: foreshadowing that you you uh, honestly I've watched this movie like 10 times I didn't realize that
0: oh I realized right away what that was I mean
1: you kind of mentioned the one that like yeah. the the tickets the Kevin's tickets were mm-hmm. thrown in the garbage I did not notice that at all
0: and that would be why I mean I say this in quick facts but that would be why um the person collecting their tickets to run on the plane doesn't say hey you have an extra ticket here who's yeah. missing yeah So they figure all of this out that Kevin is missing when they're already up in the air. We see um, back at home that the cop, the police officer at the beginning of the movie is actually a burglar. The what bandits? And have cased the street uh, for him and his friend Marv to rob all of the houses over the holidays. They call it the silver tuna. The big tuna. (laughs) Is the McAllister's house um, and that they're going to go through the, the basement door. Kevin wakes up and hides under his parents' bed when he hears them trying to break in. Of course, it's locked. And uh, the burglars leave, realizing someone is still home because the lights turn on. Back in France, they're going to try and book themselves a flight home right away. Kate calls the police department to get somebody to go and check on him, but she won't be able to get a flight, but stay, stays at the airport while the whole rest of the family goes um, to... Uh, the the house that they're staying at, the other family. And uh, Kate stays there for standby. Kevin realizes that he shouldn't be afraid, goes outside, and then the scary neighbor um, sees him outside and Kevin runs back inside. So much so that when the cop does come to check in and do a wellness check to see how Kevin's doing, he refuses and is too afraid to answer the door. So the cop calls um, the police station saying, like, no one's home. We're good to go. This woman's a liar.
1: Tell them to count again. That is gross negligence on the Um, (laughs) part of the police I also don't
0: think that that would happen. Yeah. They would probably do a follow-up at a later point in time if they didn't get confirmation that they saw the the little boy who's at home alone and he's eight.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Back at the house, uh, Kevin gets ready for the day and steals Buzz's money and heads out, but sees someone in their neighbor's driveway saying, hey, I thought they were out of town. The burglars are there robbing the place, and they also find out that the McAllister's is empty, or so they think. Kevin goes to get a new toothbrush, and as he's there to pay for it, old man uh, Marley scares him once again, and Kevin runs away not paying for it. The shop clerk runs after him, only to sick a policeman on him for shoplifting. For a toothbrush.
1: Yeah. I couldn't
0: get over that. I was like, oh my God, really? For a toothbrush? This little eight-year-old boy. (laughs) Maybe he just wants clean teeth. Good for him. Yeah. As Kevin is walking home, the wet bandits are leaving the other ho- the other house and they almost hit Kevin and the one wet bandit smiles at him like the police officer did. Kevin realizes, "Hey, I know this guy." And they fall the wet bandits end up following Kevin down the street and Kevin runs away. He runs to the church and they can't find him, so they end up leaving. Kevin runs back to the house, ready to defend it. Later that night, when the wet bandits go back to the house, Kevin has rigged it to look like there's a Christmas party going on. Hilarious. With Michael Jordan dancing in the, uh, in the living room. And so they leave once again, thinking someone's home. The poor pizza guy gets run off by the uh, movie that oh, Kevin
1: plays. This is almost my best scene. So funny. I, I, in Home Alone 2, it's actually my best scene when he's in the hotel oh, because yeah. they use the same oh, like similar God. clips of the same yes. like fake movie. Really, the fake which we'll movie talk about. made
0: for this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: um, Almost my best scene when he does it to the pizza guy, but Home Alone 2 had a better one.
0: The mom is begging to catch a flight out of Paris. And after giving a couple, basically everything she has on her, she gets a flight out. Back at in Chicago, Kevin goes grocery shopping and the teller can't tell what's going on, but acts like, Like, everything's totally fine.
1: My best scene. Is this your best scene? Because this is the pinnacle of precocious Macaulay Culkin (laughs) having a a conversation because he's he's grabbed. It's funny because if it was... I I try to put my mind into the point of view of that cashier. So, like, this eight-year-old kid rolls up with a shopping cart. What would a normal eight-year-old get? Probably a shit ton of candy bars, right? Absolutely. Kevin McAllister has... Like dishwasher fluid. He Laundry, has fabric softener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> got a few like meals. He's got just dre- general groceries. So the lady starts checking him, ch- checking the groceries, and then at one point he's like, "Oh, I've got a coupon for that one." I know. And you're like, "This she's is like so
0: confused." This is
1: such a strange conversation to have with an eight year old. And then she's like, she does the whole, "Are you here all by yourself?" "Bam, I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so." Where's your mom? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. Would I be here alone <laughs> without my parents? Kind of like putting it back on her. Like, do you do you understand how ridiculous you sound? And it's like, shit, man, if I'm that cashier, it's so I, true. I'd believe him. Yeah. I would believe yeah. him. And
0: true? there are about 65, 72 hours where he's alone. Has he run out of clothing?
1: Yeah, good question.
0: I did find that interesting. How, I,
1: how much are you wearing in those couple days? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is, however, the cutest thing ever. The one burglar, Marv, goes to the house to see if anyone is there, and Kevin plays the movie once again, and Marv goes running off.
1: What happened? I don't know who's in there, but somebody just got blown away. Huh? Somebody beat us to the job. They're in there. Two of them. There was arguing. One of them blew the other one away. Who? I don't know. I thought I recognized one of their voices. I know I heard that name snakes before there's a guy and named snakes Harry,
0: in there yeah Harry says um we need to see we should stay to see who this guy is so that we can be the the good the good guys and tell the police and while they're looking the other way we can then rob the place back with Kate the mom she's now in Scranton and can't find a flight home it's been at this point point 60- sixty. It's been at this point 60 hours and John Candy's character, Gus Polinski, asks if she needs a ride and he says he can give her a ride to Chicago on their way to Milwaukee.
1: Can I give you, you know what, I'm just going to tease it because it's going to be my, in my what should have been. There is a fan theory that John Mm. Candy is actually the devil or Satan or something like that. I'll explain, but, but just think about this scene and then I'm going to explain it later on. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of hallmarks that It could actually be true.
0: It's very interesting. It did make me ponder.
1: I don't think it's true, but a few things line up that uh, I could see how somebody could make the argument. It is
0: wild. The wet bandits are in their van waiting to see, and they see that it's only Kevin who comes out and cuts down part of his own Christmas tree in the front yard. They realize it's just a kid, and they decide to come back at night at 9 p.m. later. Kevin goes to visit Santa and asks him for his family back since it's Christmas Eve. And on the way back home, he stops into the church and sees the very scary neighbor, old man Marley, who comes and wishes him a Merry Christmas and chats with him. Yeah. Turns out he's not scary at all and is on the outs with his own son and is afraid to call him. But Kevin might have convinced him to call his son. Kevin runs home to defense his house once again from Harry and Marv and begins fortifying the house. And we, we <laughs> know this because they're going to come at nine, 9 PM and, Kevin had overheard Harry
1: talking to Marv about right. this. Right, so he's aware, like, here's, I gotta make a plan as of exactly. this moment. Exactly, so.
0: yeah. Harry and Marv show up right on time and get put through the ringer, with Harry getting shot with a BB gun and then Marv getting shot in the face with it, too.
1: Marv! Harry? Why the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? I'm up here, you moron! Come and get me!
0: An iron falls on Marv's head. Harry gets his hand burned from the doorknob. They both slip in ice-covered stairs. The tar on the stairs. Homemade flamethrower burns Harry's head. They're feathered, cut by ornaments, tripped by mini cars, knocked out by paint cans, and attacked by a tarantula.
1: What is your favorite of all of them?
0: This is my favorite. uh, This is my best scene. Um, I would actually have to say getting knocked out by the paint cans, but I love the iron one. When he, that's my favorite, I think, the iron. And it it keeps a mark on Mark's face. (laughs) I think it's absolutely hilarious.
1: The paint cans are funny because like... They're so obviously not expecting like, yeah. oh, and then there's another one. And oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. but, but they also do a throwback to that same joke mm. in Home Alone 2. Yes. The the sticky bandits now remember right. that Kevin's going to do it and they count them or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, oh, yeah, they do. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. I did like the uh, the ice scene as well, because when they fell, it it did make me feel for them. You know, I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, I think just all of the combination of them all going at one after another, it's like a montage of pranks, and I loved it. Yeah.
1: You guys give up, or you're thirsty for more?
0: Kevin escapes to his treehouse after calling the cops finally to his house and cuts them loose while they're on the rope trying to get to the treehouse. The wet bandits catch him, uh, though, in his neighbor's house, and the old man Marley saves him by knocking them out with a shovel. Finally, the cops come and get them both and arrest them. It's Christmas morning, and Kevin's mom finally shows up with the rest of the family shortly after. He sees outside the window that old man Marley and his family are together on Christmas Day, and he's hugging his granddaughter.
1: And it's a nice, beautiful end to... Gosh, what, what a freaking entertaining holiday movie, Sarah.
0: I would agree. I think it's such a holiday classic that, you know, we, we talk to even our friends about and they all say they love Home Alone.
1: Oh, everybody does. And even like as we talk through this, like I'm remembering things in Home Alone too, just because you've, you've seen it you've so entered the many world, times.
0: And you've entered the world of Home Alone. Yeah.
1: It's now time for the Rom-Com Rewind presents the Battle of Rom-Competence. Bobby, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? Whatever you feel comfortable sharing on the pod.
0: Sure. Um, I'm Bobby. I'm 22. I live in Southern California. Oh. And I've been watching rom coms and I could probably understand them. So.
1: (laughs) So as I look outside my window right now, Bobby, Mm -hmm. it is snowing. Yes. Um... Do you guys even get snow down there? Like, I'm so curious.
0: No, we have to drive to like uh, more northern California. We get
1: rain. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous right now too. <laughs> God, I'm jealous of you guys. I love the snow. <laughs> well, we should we should do like a the holiday oh God, uh, yes, a house, swap a house swap at some swap. point. Yeah, yeah, you can come up here. <laughs> uh, actually, in a bunch of movies. Actually, on that note, Bobby, what's your favorite romantic comedy of all time? Ooh. Ooh. It's probably a tie
0: between 27 dresses and... Mamma Mia. I, oh. I think I consider it a wrong one. I I agree.
1: I agree as yes. well.
0: Those are great choices, by the way.
1: Do we have any Mamma Mia questions on the po- on the uh, battle uh, no, today? No, we, uh, we
0: don't. But I kind of wish I had. You know, that would have <laughs> been fun. Oh, so- you would be dominated.
1: If I- <laughs> 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 so, Bobby. I mean, you you know this, but the deal that we find on the pod is that one resoundingly. You know, the RCR fam. You you who listen to the pod, you love the quick facts, and you love an opportunity to be on. On the show and maybe test your romantic comedy knowledge with ours. And we also love to meet the people who listen to our pod, hence hence why you're here today. So um, I'm going to leave the studio in moments. I'm going to walk away. Sarah will ask you three romantic comedy trivia questions. You answer those questions to the best of your ability. I'll come back into the studio. I will be tested on those same questions as you. And we will discover if you are more rom-com than your friend Devin. Is that fair? Fair. All right. Okay. Well, then I'm leaving. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Goodbye, Devin. <laughs> See you later. Just waiting for him to leave the room. All right. So you will have 10 questions on the board for each question. Question number three will be multiple choice. Are, okay. we, are we ready to go? I'll follow you. Okay. Question number one. What click does Rizzo belong to in the movie Grease? Can you say that again, please? Yep. What clique does Rizzo, the character Rizzo, belong to in the movie Grease? Oh, uh, the Big Ladies. Yes, correct. Good job. All right. Question number two. In the movie Never Been Kissed, what was Drew Barrymore's character's nickname? Oh, no. You can do it, it rhymes. Oh no. Five more seconds. I don't know this one. <laughs> Five seconds. Anything? Uh, 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 baby? I don't know. <laughs> good guess. You know what? That's a good guess because it isn't another rom com, but it is incorrect. And finally, question number three. In the movie Four Christmases, what does Brad's brother love to do? A, cook. B, MMA. C, ride horses. Or D, kickbox? B, MMA. Correct. Fantastic. Good job. All right. I'll bring Devin in. Come on in. Okay, so. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, he's back. How All well right. did she do? She did two out of three. Hey, you're great making Great work. showing.
1: Yep. Great showing by Bobby. How are the questions, Bobby?
0: Um, first one, last one easy the middle one I had no idea <laughs> hey,
1: okay watch out for the middle one I got it all right all right well hit no, me I'm sorry I let you down Bobby <laughs> let you down
0: all right Devin you will have three questions 10 seconds on the board for each question number three will be multiple choice
1: love it hit me
0: all right question number one what click does Rizzo belong to in the movie
1: Grease She's the Pink Ladies. Correct. She's the leader of the Pink Ladies.
0: She, yes, yes.
1: Um, Did you get that one as well, Bobby? Yeah.
0: I did. She's going to rule the school. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, question number two. In the movie Never Been Kissed, what was Drew Barrymore's character's nickname?
1: Never. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did let Bobby (sighs) know that it rhymes. You have five seconds left.
1: Three, Smelly Nelly. Two.
0: Okay, that is also a good guess. Mm-hmm. Bobby Guest Baby, which is from another rom com as well. Yeah,
1: okay. What is it's it? It's Josie Grossi. I knew it was something like that. <laughs> oh my Smelly goodness. Nelly. That's so right. <laughs> uh,
0: and you know what? I was Man. going to make that one multiple choice, but I thought it was easy.
1: No, yeah, no, that's not.
0: <laughs> so, I now know. <laughs> All right, the final question. Oh,
1: it's multiple choice. I got to get this. Yes.
0: In the movie Four Christmases, what does Brad's brother love to do? A, cook. B, MMA. C, ride horses, or D, kickboxing.
1: Oh. MMA. Correct. Yes. That's a Jean Favreau's character, right? Yeah. I remember because he's like, he's absurd. He's hilarious in that. Yes, he is. He is. Oh my God, Bobby, we're going to overtime, girl. Yes. Okay. So Sarah's going to do whatever she's doing, and I'm going to explain it to you. Um, Basically, we need something that um, neither of us just know off the top of our heads, but something that we can quantifiably guess and get close to. Think like the price is right, you know? So Sarah is going to look up the box office gross of a movie, and we need to guess how much money that movie made in theaters. And she'll tell us if it's either domestic or international, because I feel like that does...
0: Keeping in the theme of Christmas... Yeah. And since we already spoke about the movie Four Christmases... Oh, yes. Yes. What was the box office total worldwide for the movie Four Christmases?
1: Okay. Um
0: So Devin's thinking really hard. Okay, he's writing something down. So when he when he shows me his number, I'll I'll get you to uh well, no, I'm gonna oh.
1: write down mine and she's gonna say hers okay. first. I've got mine written down. I've got mine in.
0: All right. Bobby, okay. what do you think? Um Ooh. Yeah. Okay. 82 million.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: Okay, and Devin?
1: Well, I've got 104 million.
0: 104 million Devin you take it. Oh, how, what was it? It was 163.7 One... million. Oh, wow. my god. I know. I was actually really surprised too. And you know what's funny?
1: I was gonna I was shooting in the 90s. <laughs> okay. Neither yeah. of us had much faith in this movie apparently. Apparently. <laughs> it was like one of those good bad movies so you know, that's why I didn't think it would do that well internationally you are I so right totally agree yeah. it's like it's not an A list but it's a good B list if that makes sense like it is funny but like there are plot holes there see <laughs> you
0: know? it is it is one of my like I love that movie but uh, yeah I was also thinking like just under 100 or, or 100 so yeah yeah go ahead Dev
1: well I was just gonna gloat a little bit that brings my record <laughs> oh, my to God. 6 and 4 for the uh, Rom-Com Rewind presents the battle of Rom-Com but it's always, regardless. It's always great meeting uh, you who listen to our pod. So thank you, thank you, Bobby, for joining the show.
0: Yes, thank you so so much for coming on today, and it was so lovely chatting with you. Thank you. This is like what this. You guys were my top rom com or oh, top podcast. Yes. So yeah. Thank you. No well, way. thank you for listening because we honestly can't do this without without you. So we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Quick facts. Joe Pesci deliberately avoided Macaulay Culkin on set because he wanted Culkin to think he was mean. The movie originally had more scenes of the family in Paris, France, but test audiences wanted to get back to Kevin. Absolutely. Catherine O'Hara revealed in 2014 that Macaulay Culkin still calls her mom.
1: That's adorable.
0: I don't know if you saw them most recently uh, when he got a star.
1: On the Hollywood Walk yes, of Fame, Catherine O'Hara Catherine was speak. there. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful.
0: The picture Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend was a picture of a boy made up to look like a girl because director Chris Columbus thought it would be too cruel to make fun of a girl like that. <laughs> the boy that was used in the photo was art director Dan Webster's son. Joe Pesci was used. Uh, was used to adding profanity to most of his scripts and kept forgetting that he was filming a family movie during his character's on-screen outbursts. So the director advised him to stay fridge instead of the F word. A lot of Joe Pesci's unintelligible maimed mutterings were his way to avoid cursing.
1: It is tough going from, I think Goodfellas also came out in 1990, so it's weird to do Home Alone
0: and also
1: fellas in the same year. I get it for Joe. Yeah,
0: John Candy shared all of his screen time with Catherine O'Hara in this movie. The two previously worked together on SCTV from nineteen eighty uh, from nineteen seventy six, and were good friends. Candy died on uh, Catherine O'Hara's fortieth birthday, and she gave a tearful eulogy at his funeral. Although John Hughes was fiercely defensive of his screenplay and insisted that everyone deliver his lines as written, he allowed his friend John Candy to improvise. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern felt indifferent about the movie's potential during shooting, so they intentionally gave over-the-top performances, neither one of them believing that this movie would become a massive success.
1: Imagine a couple years later, they're (laughs) in New York City, like, another one? Really? Another one? This was so good?
0: Macaulay Culkin's stunt (laughs) double was a very short 30-year-old man. Everyone on set was amazed with how mature and professional Macaulay Culkin was. Joe Pesci told Entertainment Weekly, Mac is not like a nine-year-old. He's an old man already. Marv's lines, why the hell are you dressed like a chicken, and maybe he committed suicide, were improvised by Daniel Stern. Writer and producer John Hughes was worried that mothers would never believe a family could forget one of their kids. Chris Columbus recalled, John really filled in every possible logic hole, and the audience always bought it. The director Chris Columbus's bigger fear, biggest fear as a kid was burglars. It's part of why he wanted to make this movie. John Candy played the role of Gus Polinsky as a favorite to John Hughes and was paid scale, screen actors' uh, guild minimum wage. Um, he actually made less than the pizza guy. Really? Yeah. The character was inspired by real-life Jan Polka King Lewin, who lived in Pennsylvania and whose polka band really did do tours around the world. <laughs> John Candy filmed his part in only one day, albeit a 23-hour day. Um, Almost all of his dialogue was improvised, and his part was potentially partly inspired uh, by the character he played in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles as well. Also written and, yeah, produced by John Hughes. When nine-year-old Macaulay Culkin got tired on set, he would just lie down on the ground and sleep between takes. (laughs) Roberts Blossom considered this movie one of the high points of his career after its release. Blossom said kids would often recognize him from playing old man Marley and asked, aren't you that guy? The concept for this movie originated during the filming of a scene in Uncle Buck, also again written and produced by John Hughes, in which Macaulay Culkin plays a character who interrogates a would-be sitter through the letter opening of the front door. Although the part was written especially for Macaulay Culkin by John Hughes, several um, other people were auditioned by the director Chris Columbus. According to the DVD commentary, Columbus was hesitant to cast Culkin because um, Hughes had so recently had him in the movie Uncle Buck and didn't want to appear as a pushover in the, in the film community. It was only after auditioning all the other young actors that um, Culkin was in fact the best choice for the part. Macaulay Culkin was only allowed to work on set five hours a day because of child labor laws and the crew planned out the scenes around his schedule, putting him um, on camera alone a lot. The wax and plastic snow used in this film was given to the Lyric Opera of Chicago when shooting finished. It uh, has since been used in numerous opera productions. The boy who played Kevin's cousin Fuller is Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran Culkin, and this was his film debut. There is a legend that Elvis Presley, who, of course, died in 1977, made a cameo in this movie. Oh, my God. So hear me out. Hear me out. Many of those who believe that Elvis is still alive maintained... That the heavily bearded man standing in the background of the scene where Kate McAllister is shouting at the desk clerk just before she meets John Candy is Elvis. They asserted for many years that the man is the correct age range to Elvis. Um, He would have been around 55 at the time. Makes a head movement movement that Elvis frequently made during concerts and that no record has ever been found about this particular actor's participation in the movie. Now, this theory was okay. finally debunked in 2018
1: <laughs> yeah, when naturally. there was an
0: investigative journalist... Identified the extra as a man called Gary Richard Grot, who passed away from a heart attack in February 2016. Grot's family was able to confirm that it was in fact Grot in the movie, and also revealed that he had been working regularly as an extra on several Chris Columbus movies, although Home Alone was the first one that he actually appeared in.
1: What like, what do people d- thinking of these theories?
0: It's like seeing Jesus on toast. Yeah, you know? like,
1: oh, <laughs> Elvis has been a, a, a laying low for what almost 20 years. To and appear And his one moment is like I'm going to be in this freaking movie Yeah, yeah. Uh, In the he's background He's been
0: waiting to be In Home Alone <laughs> like,
1: no, not, not a character no, He's just going to be An extra somewhere Just yeah.
0: kind of popping in that For That was Elvis's big plan mm-hmm. guys Totally
1: Yeah <laughs> okay,
0: Keep going The police station Was actually a high school office And several of Chris Columbus's family members made cameos in this movie. His mother-in-law and his daughter, Eleanor Columbus, were passengers on the plane. His wife, Monica Devereaux Columbus, was a stewardess. And his father-in-law played the police officer who gives the line, tell them to count their kids again. The fake movie, Angels with Filthy Souls, was the first thing to be filmed. Uh, I've also heard a few other things were first to be filmed, but... um, They didn't have a very big budget for this movie, so everyone liked starting out this movie on something with cardboard sets. (laughs) Joe Pesci's character, uh, Harry Lime, was named after Orson Welles' character uh, from The Third Man. Chris Columbus had a storyboarded, uh, he had storyboarded a few scenes in which Kevin would have dreams where the house comes to life. One included the evil furnace in the basement, which would come to life and chase Kevin up the stairs on all fours. And another where several toy nutcrackers would come to life along with the house. The scenes, however, were way too expensive, around a million dollars to film. And on such a tight budget, they decided to drop them. There's obvious foreshadowing in the beginning of the film when Kevin attacks Buzz and spills milk all over the counter. Peter tries to clean up the spill and save the passports and tickets. As he throws a wad of net wet napkins away, he throws a plane ticket away by mistake. I actually thought that there was also a passport in there myself. <laughs> the ticket can be seen in the garbage with Kevin's name written on uh, on it with black marker. The next morning, also by mistake, he was
1: left home alone. But he, uh, so you're saying that his flight, was the, he didn't have a ticket to the flight anyway.
0: Well... There's also the piece that the um, the person taking their tickets didn't say, oh, you have one extra ticket. Right. Right.
1: So they never had the ticket is what you're saying, Sarah. Yes. What? <sighs> I know. That's clever.
0: Producer John Hughes originally brought on Chris Columbus to direct National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in 1989, but even before cameras could roll, Columbus came to the realization that he would not be able to work with Chevy Chase after meeting him. And so, even though he desperately needed the job, um, he decided to quit the project. He was worried that it would be a career ender, but then he was brought him this movie to direct, and which became obviously a massive hit later, earning six times the amount of money Christmas Vacation did with a budget of almost $10 million
1: less. Christmas Vacation is also a classic, but it is, yeah. yes. He, Home Alone is just. It's just wonderful. That transcendent Mm -hmm.
0: level. This movie was still playing in theaters when the director Chris Columbus's next movie called Only the Lonely was released into theaters. This movie finished 11th Only the Lonely, while the latter movie, of course, we know it as Home Alone, finished fifth during its opening weekend. In the rumored original draft of the screenplay, Uncle Frank is revealed as the real villain, as the villain behind the villains, and that Harry and Marv worked for him, and that he hired them to rob the McAllister's house and other houses in the neighborhood, and also to kill Kevin.
1: Wait. Wait, what? Was yes. that like a perspective script? Like, give, um, me the, give me the start of that again. It was
0: rumored in the original Whoa. draft.
1: Because they do tee up how cheap he is. Yes. Almost every and scene with him involves money. And he really money. hates Kevin. He hates Kevin. He does steal on the plane. I, yes. know, I think it's cutlery or something the, uh, the,
0: the, Yeah, something. I can't quite remember. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. During the I've made my family disappear montage scene, Kevin imagines several members of his family saying horrible things to him. All of his memories appear as scenes in this movie, except for his brother Buzz threatening to feed him to his tarantula, which isn't seen anywhere in the standard edit of the movie. Kevin ends up letting his macaroni and cheese get cold while enacting his one-boy defense of the house, leading to many people questioning what happened with it and if Kevin even got to eat the macaroni. Apparently, Google thought the same thing, and in 2018, they re- they released an ad where Macaulay Culkin is about to eat the same dish, only to see the clock ring nine times and hearing Harry and Marv drive up. Culkin just asks Google Home to run Operation Kevin, lock all the doors turn on all the lights and run the Roomba with a basketball um, athlete cutout and happily finishes his meal.
1: That was, I remember that when it came out. That was classic. It
0: was, it was a really good throwback. This film was such an unexpected massive financial success throughout the world that its distributors, 12th Century Fox, postponed the release of their other Christmas 1990 release, Edward Scissorhands, as they were worried it would suffer financially due to the huge success of this movie, Home Alone, and competing uh, against the other Disney film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Although the latter has already been had already been released to um, the U.S. movie theaters, the release... Uh, to the rest of the world had was changed. Edward Scissorhands was given a staggered release and, uh, in 1991. Filming began on this movie in February, uh, on February 14th, 1990 and ended on May 16th, 1990.
1: And then it was out by that November. Correct. Wow.
0: Kevin shooting Marv in the forehead with Buzz's air rifle. <laughs> um, the caps weren't real and were animated in post-production.
1: I was going to say, that was one scene I noticed that I'm like, ah, I think you're breaking skin at that at that <laughs> Ooh, range, yep. you know? Definitely. Yeah. Um,
0: This was the highest grossing comedy at the domestic box office for over 30 years until finally surpassed by Barbie this
1: year. Wow. What yeah, about.
0: I kind of want to check.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: The iron and the blowtorch are the only traps Kevin, Kevin isn't showing setting up in the house. <laughs> to get Macaulay Culkin to memorize his lines, Chris Columbus bribed him by promising he'd let him play his Nintendo and the strategy worked hilarious the makers tried to make the stunts um look as painful as possible as per john hughes's philosophy that pain is funny however when it came time to film the stunts looked so realistic and painful that the crew didn't even laugh or want to look at the camera monitor afraid that the stuntmen had really hurt themselves which they never did uh the stuntmen tried so hard to fall backwards through the air as high as they could um, for years afterwards such stunts were then called the home alone stunt
1: Okay, are, are you talking about, like, all the, the toy cars when they're toy in cars, the hallway at the bottom of the stairs? cars falling backwards
0: off the ice. Yeah. Some
1: of those, yeah, they they hurt my back. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, ooh, that really hurt.
1: I feel like John Hughes is right to a point where, like, when I was a teenager watching this movie, I thought it was... Now that I'm an adult, I'm like, ooh, that's... I'm like,
0: oh, my back already hurts. That's back that's pain really for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, they need some <laughs> to set for sure. You're going to have this. a
0: huge hematoma for <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> So a board game based on this movie was published in 1991 Uh, during the dinner scene fight uh, or sorry, during the dinner fight scene, they used a rubber chair to smash Kieran Culkin, who plays Fuller's uh, face up against the wall. In early August 2019, the new owners of 20th Century Fox, the um, Walt Disney Company, announced that this movie would be one of the first batch of existing Fox movies to be remade, intended for the Disney Plus streaming service. Fans of this movie joked that it would um, that would only be short movie as Kevin only needed to call using a mobile or cell phone. Yeah. It's currently unknown if it will be a, a sequel or a reboot of the movie. Additionally, it's unclear how Disney will approach the comedic violence, especially as many doctors have said that the what the Wet Bandits went through would actually be life-threatening or fatal in reality. And there's also a fan theory that suggests that the character of Kevin grew up to become the character of Jigsaw in the Saw series of movies.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I do agree. Like, so so I, I thought of that first part you mentioned when they were in Paris and they get to all the phone booths because, first of all, right. pay phones barely mm-hmm. exist anymore. Yeah, But the mom was like, okay, everybody, call every phone number you can remember. And it's like nowadays it would be like... It's just in your. I don't even remember shit. I just, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It's all on my phone. Who's in my contacts? Who can get over there? <laughs> she Easy. even had a book of phone numbers, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And they all had to try to find an open payphone. <laughs> yeah. She kicked some lady off the payphone. I just know, like, yeah. Rome as you go, baby. We're okay. <laughs> Make that phone call.
0: For the toboggan stunt, they built a ski ramp on the stairs and did a test with nobody on it, and the toboggan flew over 30 feet. So they installed a brake system on it to make the stunt safer for the stuntman. But when they did more takes, uh, it was going too slow. So before shooting another take, the stunt coordinator turned off the brake switch right as the director yelled, action.
1: And that was the take they used in the final product. Really? That, to this day, that's one of those things. I want to do that. As a kid, I always wanted to, I never did it, obviously. Yeah. But I always thought that that would be (laughs) so cool same
0: the only screen time joe pesci uh has with kevin's family is uh in this movie and as well as home alone Two, is at the beginning of the uh of the movie when he's at the mccallister's house impersonating a police officer his co-star um daniel stern plays marv doesn't have any screen time with kevin's family in the entire movie When Kevin asks the shop owner if the toothbrush is approved by the American Dental Association. (laughs) That was so funny. I know. She inspected it and instead uh, she says, I don't know, hun. It doesn't say. The ADA seal has been applied to products such as toothbrushes since 1931. So it would have been there. She was looking for a seal and should have told him that if the seal wasn't there, it wasn't approved. During the staged Christmas party scene, Kevin is wearing an orange speaker-like device around his neck. This is a 1970s novelty item known as a laugh box and is the source of the laughter that's audible throughout the scene. The laughter is difficult to hear over that music, but if you listen closely, you can. Uh, and when the camera focuses on the mannequins spinning on the record player. As well, um, there's a piece that says that... Because we don't really talk about what um, what the parents do, but it is said why they have so many mannequins is because Kate uh, McAllister is a fashion
1: designer. Oh, that makes sense with the big house as well.
0: Yes, uh, and and of course uh, the dad is a um, a famous businessman, like he's a very successful businessman. Yep. Yeah. Harry wears a wedding ring throughout this movie you can see it for the first time when he's dressed as a police officer and he has it on throughout the rest of the movie as well his possible wife is never mentioned during the movie though it's so it's implied that he's likely divorced you know I mean burglar I feel like he could do that as a couple with his wife instead (laughs) At the end of the movie, the rest of the family walks in at exactly one minute and 20 seconds after Kate McAllister opens the front door to the house, making her early departure from Paris and traveling with the polka band absolutely pointless.
1: Redundance, which is back to the whole John Candy is Satan thing. I'll get to it. Don't worry. Yeah.
0: yeah. The airplane cabin interior mock-up was built on the basketball courts of a former campus of the New Trier... Um, high school, I hope I am say that okay, uh, American Airlines provided the blueprints and the seats for the airplanes. The McAllister house is a larger version of Neil Page's house in John Hughes's other popular motion picture, Plane Strains and Automobiles. The line, you guys give up or are you thirsty for more, was improvised. Macaulay Culkin drew the map that his character uses to set up the traps in his house. The pages on the Playboy magazine Kevin looked through were taped together so the young Macaulay Culkin wouldn't see any nudity. Oh,
1: that's funny. The cover
0: was from the 1989 July issue. Many of the shots that focus on Kevin in the beginning of the movie are filmed from above his head, making him seem small and helpless. At the end of the movie, Kevin is mostly shot from below, making him seem taller and more confident. The movie that Kevin watches on videotape is not a real movie, but footage specially created, as mentioned earlier earlier. Um, and it has, uh, it, it is references to the movie and this is a play on angels with dirty faces from 1938 starring James Cagney in the scene when Kevin walks past the driveway, just as Harry and Marv are driving down it, the stop and stops just in time to avoid hitting him was achieved by having Macaulay Culkin walking backwards as the van was driving in reverse away from him and had some stage hands shake the van for dramatic effect. And the film was then shown backwards.
1: Really? Yeah. That's clever.
0: The ornaments on which Marv steps in uh, after he comes in through the window—they're actually candy. <laughs> During rehearsal for the scene where Harry attempts to bite off uh, Kevin's finger, Joe Pesci actually bit Macaulay Culkin, uh, leaving a small scar. My God. When Kevin is jumping up and down on his parents' bed while munching on some popcorn, there were actually several crew members lying on the floor on both sides and at the foot of the bed. They had been instructed to lie there and be ready to catch McCauley Culkin in case he accidentally jumped and fell off the bed. Daniel Stern wore rubber feet uh, for his barefoot scenes going up in that tar-like substance. Oh, yeah,
1: that was, yeah.
0: Macaulay Culkin became sick during filming with a cold. He was given a break from filming while he recovered, except for one scene in particular. When Kevin is being chased by police uh, for accidentally shoplifting the toothbrush, Macaulay Culkin's voice is very hoarse, his face is pale, and his eyes are red and puffy. The last scene was filmed, uh was the one in which Kevin is running through the water-filled basement because a flooded set always um, spills water, obviously. The set was purposefully built inside the local high school swimming pool so that all the water would be immediately drained. Oh, that's very clever. The sled that Kevin uses when sliding down the stairs, uh, which can also be seen next to the television when Kevin is watching How the Grinch Stole Christmas, is in Chris Columbus's office and he had the entire cast sign it. Oh, that's cute. At the end of the movie, where it snows outside Kevin's house, the snow was actually mashed potato flakes. (laughs) The poster and video box image of Kevin with his hands on his face and screaming was improvised by Macaulay Culkin. He had forgotten to pull his hands away when he screamed. This, of course, became the most famous shot of the movie. At around 53 minutes, despite uh, filming a family movie, Daniel Stern... Uh, slips the s word which can be heard when he is retrieving his boot through the doggy door as well as being shown in the english subtitle piece (sighs) the evil furnace in the basement was done by two guys with fishing line and flashlights director chris columbus's least favorite booby trap in the movie is harry getting doused with feathers because he felt it was too soft compared to the other ones throughout the sequence despite kevin being home alone he is never seen in his own room the statue in front of the house was hit four times, twice by the pizza delivery man, once by the airport shuttle, and once by a police officer. Kevin says that he had a friend who got nailed because he, uh, there was a rumor that he wore dinosaur pajamas. The previous year, when National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation came out, also written by John Hughes, there is a scene where Cl- Clark Griswold wears pajamas covered in little dinos. Honorable Mentions Okay. My honorable mention is that statue that gets hit four times throughout the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love a I guess you could call it a full circle moment or or a joke that's run through through the entire movie, but it's just small enough, but you but big enough that you catch it still. Yeah. Like I I appreciated it. You know, the pizza guy hit it twice, um, the airport guy hit it once, you know, and it's just so funny because you're like, oh, there it goes again. That poor the poor statue.
1: Why have it there? And it's you know, I think it is a hallmark of something that they did really well in like 90s movies. Yeah. Where like, you know, they storyboarded out, we're gonna make this joke four times. Right. And they and they followed through on it. But it, it's kind of a hallmark of like there was a thoughtful process with this movie. They're like, we're we know exactly where this joke's gonna happen. It's gonna happen four times. It's gonna be hilarious. I love it. So my honorable mention is there is a theory with Home Alone that John Candy is the devil. (laughs) And I I know how that sounds. I'm going to explain it to you. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. So specifically John Candy meets Kate's character um, in Scranton at this airport. Yeah, yeah here's why we think John Candy is the devil Mm -hmm. because so, so remember Kate, she's arguing with this person trying to get a flight to Chicago and John Candy is kind of just off in the background. You can see him. He is. Yeah. She says, and I quote, if I have to sell the, my soul to the devil himself. Right. She literally says those words. Yes, yes. You can yep. quote her on it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, boom, John Candy's he's character. He's right there. Is, he's interested all of a sudden. Hey, where are you going? What are you? Oh, we're like a traveling bunch of polka players. It's
0: almost as if his ears perked up in that scene.
1: There are also a lot of, um, and he actually jumps in before the airline person can help her any further. He kind of like, oh, oh yeah. you know, come over here. I, I got you covered sort of thing. There's also a lot of stories with the devil and how he often meets people at a crossroads, which oh. an airport might be considered a crossroads. But there's also the... Um, Interesting. Yes, there's that part okay. of it. As well, and this is common with any mystical being who mm-hmm. gives wishes, or like a djinn, for example, yep. where like often the wish that they grant has some kind of negative effect, or maybe it's like negligible to... I mean, you see in Kate's story, she ends up in this friggin' van with this <laughs> polka group, and John Candy is talking her ear off, yeah. and she arrives only moments before the rest of the actual McAllister family. That's Meaning a Meaning that taking that deal with the devil, selling her soul to the devil, was probably negligible to just her staying in Paris with her family and getting the natural flight home.
0: Right, so yeah, you know? I had heard this theory. I really didn't dive into it like this. That is... <laughs> Crazy, but kind of. And I talked about the the one about Elvis earlier in our
1: quick facts. Oh yeah, that's right, the Elvis thing being in the background.
0: This one is a lot more plausible than the um Elvis still. Yeah, the Elvis
1: story is a little weird. (laughs) And and the last piece of evidence, and I mean, there are a few other things like the way that Kate agrees, she physically says yes to the deal Mm, with the devil, all that kind of stuff, but. It's also common for the devil to have an instrument, like you know, the devil went down to Georgia. He was playing a fiddle. John Candy is the devil, ladies and gentlemen. At least I don't Home know. <laughs> I
0: wouldn't like. It's a Christmas family movie. I I I don't know. I'd like to feel that it's still wholesome.
1: What should have been? What could you even? What should have been this film? I'm I'm honestly racking my mind of what I would change. Um, the only thing I'd change is you didn't need a Home Alone three. Um, that's my what should have been for the whole franchise, the whole series. You didn't. One and two were great. As soon as Macaulay Culkin was out, just call it there.
0: It's funny because I was going to say I'm glad my what should have been was that I hoped that they would have had a sequel, which they did. Which they did. But if they, obviously, they did a Home Alone three, four, five, and six, um,
1: and now a recent one too. I and,
0: wish yeah. they would have continued maybe one more with Macaulay Culkin, and then maybe just Kind of pivoted slightly so that when they recasted the the person, it just was a little bit of a different story. I don't know, I kind of felt like three, it was like I was hoping for a similar, like it was just somebody completely new other than Macaulay Culkin, and you fell in love with Macaulay Culkin.
1: I mean, so. I would almost argue you could have done Kieran Culkin as Fuller, he's yeah. already in the universe, done like a, he's a yeah, little bit younger, yeah, done a Fuller, yeah, done yeah. A Fuller mm-hmm. alone or whatever. Um, because yeah, like one and two are excellent yes three there's like you're going from like icon to like that was a c-list movie well you,
0: know? you want to know what's really funny is throughout the entire movie i was waiting for the scene in the park where the pigeon lady was there oh that's home alone too baby i know we I gotta know. watch that next and i was it was so funny because <laughs> i was waiting for it and i was like oh, okay 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 and then i'm like clued in no that's the one in new york come on
1: all right well we gotta watch it now rewatchability so this one's kind of different because it's not a traditional rom com. So Correct. I uh, like Thirst Factor is and it's and impossible. it's different.
0: Yeah. So for us, I mean, it's not in the rom com realm. So I don't think we're gonna keep like we're gonna uh, we're not gonna judge it in the rom com realm. So I think you and I can both agree this is a fantastic holiday family movie. Oh, and we would give it a five. I mean, s-
1: the soundtrack is impeccable. John Williams on this soundtrack. The story, the imagination of it. I think so many movies have chased what Home Alone did perfectly. Yeah, outside of, let's say, thirst factor and chemistry, and even the chemistry between the actors is great, but like, yeah, fives yeah. across the board. And this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Home Alone. Wherever you're listening to us, uh, please throw us a follow, subscribe. I don't know what you're listening on, but just, you know, g- give us some love this holiday season and also follow us on Instagram, at rom Rewind.
0: Thanks for listening.